We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so let's jump into the mailbag, Ryan. Uh, I will jump in here, and we've got – we actually have a couple of Super Chats uh, that we can get to right away. Uh, here is the first one from Rob Osgood. Rob says, what are the differences between the 2024 and 2025 classes at positions? Example, I know you said before the 2025 offensive line class has more numbers than the 2024 class. Thanks again, and welcome back, Ryan. So, I, I mean, so I, I guess there's a couple of ways that you can look at this, Rob. I mean, I'm taking your, your, so you're going from a numbers perspective, right? So like numbers that you're going to carry in 2024 and 2025, I would even take it a step further because I think that these are interrelated. I think that when you look at it, when you compare it, I think that you look at it and say, because I mean, we can definitely go position by position that works. So like quarterback, for instance, I think that the quarterback class in 2025 is probably better than 2024 as of the players I've seen early on. It's just the need is going to be the biggest, bigger question, right? It's like CJ Carr and what would CJ Carr's ranking be in 2025 compared to 2024? It might be a little bit lower as far as like the pecking order, just because you have some dudes in the 2025 class. So I think quarterback in 2025 is stronger. I think running back, I would probably think running back in 2024 based upon what I've seen personally right now with guys like Gideon Davidson, wide receivers. It's a toss up, man, like 2025, probably, but like 24 is pretty dang good at wide receiver tight end. I think 2025 probably has a beat, but it's a close conversation. Offensive line 2025 by a landslide. It's like there's, a few guys in 2025, like if you dra- drop David Sanders Jr. in the 2024 class, that's your offensive tackle one. Like it, it's it's easy. You know, there's a couple guys, Owen Strebig and those guys. So I think offensive line in 2025 is stronger. Edge, I think is a little bit of a toss up. I, I don't have a, like, I, I don't have a, a definitive answer for that one, Bob. Let me, let me watch a few more guys. I think it's actually pretty close. Interior defensive line, I think it's a toss up as well. I think just the interior – I think defensive line in 2024 and 2025 are both good. 
Linebacker 2025 absolutely wins over 2024, in my opinion. Cornerback, I would probably take 2024 as of what I've seen right now. And safety, I would also go 2025. So I think as a whole, 2025 looks like a dang good say, class, man. Not like you said 25 an awful lot there. <laughs> it's, it's like some guys are talking about like expanding the offensive line board. I'm just like, hey, man, if you get Gerby and just call it a day and get guys like Owen Schreibig and try to go after David Sanders and Avery Gatch and guys like that in 2025, I'm like, that's probably the way to go. <laughs> right? Like, that's probably the way to go. So, yeah, man, 2025 looks like a great, great nice. class. Nice. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. There we Next go. Next question, Welcome, Jordan. Yep, Jordan Schreiber says, is Malcolm Ziegler's scheduled for an official visit to Notre Dame? If yes, when? What number do you give of this top flight safety landing with Notre Dame? Jordan, it's a very – it's a tough question to answer for the second part. First question is he's going to be visiting this weekend officially, so he will be on campus for three days. So I think Notre Dame has a chance to move the needle. Right now I would say it's like a five – but like five could become nine <laughs> over just a weekend, right? Like it really could, or it could become one because they don't move the needle. And it's just like that. He's not going to land in the class and you're potentially going to get Bronte Johnson. And maybe you, you get somebody else to kind of fill out the class. So it really, this is a volatile question because I think it could be one way or the other very much on both sides. Okay. This is an interesting one right here. This is more of a uh, a big picture one from Jordan. He says, 
When do you think we'll know if the offense has finally turned the corner and goes elite? It's a great question, Vince. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think it, I think it's the Ohio state game. I think, you know, like, I mean, I think you'll get glimpsed against of like North Carolina state. Cause I think NC state has a good defense coming back. They have a couple really, I mean, they have Aiden white and Shaheen battle, a corner coming back. They have Peyton Wilson at linebacker coming back. They have, some guys on that defense that get you excited. But I think for me, it's about the production in the biggest games. So I think it's Ohio state, man. Like you show that you can score against the big dogs. I mean, I I don't know if you do agree with that. Like, I think it's the big dogs though that that show me growth. Well, especially compared to what they did against Ohio state last year. I mean, we, we have empirical evidence right in front of us from less than a year ago of what the offense did against an elite team, which was nothing. And I think that if they can go and not score at will, I'm not saying that they're going to go out and score at will against Ohio state, but the offense at least has to look like they've practiced a couple times before they get into the game. I mean, you know, can they score? Can they sustain drives? Can they do some things? Can they, do they, I mean, honestly, the difference between Notre Dame being Notre Dame offensively and Notre Dame being elite, it's quarterback. I mean, that, and we've said that for a long, long time. It's, it's the quarterback. Do they have an elite quarterback? I think they have an elite quarterback, but we're going to need to see it with him behind center, you know, in on this Notre Dame team, right? And so, yeah. you know, what does that look like? It looks like a quarterback-driven offense who's distributing the ball, whatever the defense is going to do to take something away, he does something else to still continue to be successful. You know, we've seen Sam Hartman score a ton of points in games, right, against uh, uh, really good opponents. Um, and he had to get himself into scoring battles. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case with Notre Dame's defense, but can they go up and down the field when they want to and score the football? That's going to be the question. And I think Ohio State, like you said, what is that, week four or five, I believe, going into it? Yeah. That's going to be, yeah, yeah, NC State on the road. Okay, I get that. Ohio State's the first big test. I mean, if they look like a semblance of a good offense at that point, I think we can finally turn the page and say, okay, this offense has what it takes. You know, the great thing about this chat, though, Vince, is if they come just firing all cylinders against Navy, everyone's going to jump the gun on it, you know? But, like, to Jordan's question about, like, when will know, all caps, like, actually know, it's Ohio State, in my opinion. Sure. You'll get glimpses against North Carolina State because they're a quality defense, but if they come out and they go guns blazing against Ohio State, that's like, okay, because Ohio State should be a lot better defensively this year. They should take a big step in year two under Jim Knowles. And they have a lot of guys returning. So sure. I think if Notre Dame's able to put together a great offensive showing against Ohio State, that's like a sign of like, oh, this might be different. This might be different this year, but that's to be determined, obviously. Right. Absolutely. We got a two-parter here from Rob. Rob says, I know it's been said, but the biggest thing Notre Dame can do to increase its recruiting is win and win the big games. Beat Ohio State. USC, et cetera, and watch recruiting takeoff. Marcus Freeman plus huge wins equals sky high. Part two of previous. This staff has gone above and beyond with recruiting. Their hard work has paid off. I am excited for the future, but huge wins against huge teams will keep the momentum going. I mean, it's not really a question. Yes. It's more of a statement. It's a great statement, though. It's but a great it's a statement. great statement, and I think it's absolutely accurate. I mean, Marcus Freeman is an elite recruiter. I think we can all – come down on that side of things. He was an elite recruiter when he was a defensive coordinator. He was an elite recruiter when he was at uh, Cincinnati. He's an elite recruiter. He knows how to talk to kids. 
He knows how to get him excited. He knows how to get him on board. But you got to win. I mean, yes. th- there there's a lot of uh, you know excuses made for last year. Well, you know yeah. this happened and this happened. And and look, those excuses are legit to a degree. Some you can't yep. you you can't repeat nine and four with the losses that you had last year. That will absolutely kill any kind of recruiting momentum. I'm not saying you can't still recruit at a high level, but winning and winning the big games, and that's the key, winning the big games is really going to take the recruiting even to another level uh, because now you've got that to lean on as well. It's not all just promises and this is what we can do. This is what we're doing, and then you can be a part of it. I mean, come on, you are Marcus Freeman with that kind of an argument. There's not a whole lot of recruiting battles he's going to lose. Well, I think that's the biggest thing, Vince, is that I'm a big check check the boxes guy. I'm yeah. big at that, right? And it's the more boxes you check from the pitch from Marcus Freeman, the easier recruiting is going to get. I mean, right. if teams can't look at you and be like, hey, that's awesome, but they can't beat Ohio State's, but they can't win the big game. They can't right. win playoff games. If you answer that question and you show that you can do that, then the only thing that you're looking against is – it's cold in South Bend, Indiana. That's all you're mm-hmm. looking at, right? So right. if you, the more boxes you check, especially with global warming, I mean, eventually it's going to be hot everywhere, right? Yeah, so that's right. I mean, I mean, eventually there's going to be nothing against Notre Dame. So <laughs> yes, global warming Winston games and including improves even more. By the way, that global warming thing was a joke. Please don't start talking about it in the chat. It was a joke. All right. <laughs> We were already talking about Peyton Bowen and his girlfriend in the chat. Oh my so God, like, I don't want any global stuff happening in here. <laughs> All right, let, let's move on to something else. We kind of talked about this when we were talking about these guys individually, but just as a recap, in case people are uh, just kind of tuning in, uh, yeah. Jordan wants to know, has Gerby and Carter given a timeline for their commitment? So Carter's more defined right now, Jordan. So as of right now, Carter has two more official visits, Penn State and Nebraska, and then he is going to sit down and make his decision. That's kind of where we are. So I expect a summer decision. Gerby Lambert is more of – because we're already seeing like the Ohio State visit got canceled and then maybe it will get rescheduled and Boston College might get moved up. And his I don't think that Gerby has a defined timeline. I think Gerby is going to make a decision when Gerby is ready to make a decision. Similar to Charles Jagasaw last year for Notre Dame of like, Charles didn't really have a defined timeline. He wanted to get it done by his senior year, but like he was more when I know I'll know. And then everybody else will know like, that's just kind of where it was. And I think that it's similar in that sense with Gerby Lambert. I think Carter Nelson is a much more defined timeline though as of now. All right. We've got a uh, kind of a two-parter here as well from Brandon. Brandon says, what's the plan at safety if the staff doesn't close on Malcolm Ziegler or Oliver Miles? Read that Miles to Notre Dame isn't looking all that good, which I'm not all that upset about, but there's basically no one left on the board. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, I mean, it gets it gets bleak. I mean, it does. I mean, do you expand the board at some point? Do you continue to recruit some guys and just hope that you can get a third in the class? Because, I mean, as we're sitting here today, June 24th looks very promising with obviously getting Bronte Johnson. That looks good. So if you get Bronte Johnson, you're Bronte Johnson, and you have obviously Kennedy Erlacher already in the class, 
You're going to potentially get Davis Andrews, at least you're in a good solid position with Davis Andrews out of Utah, but he's a kid that's going to go most likely on a Mormon mission. Um, it's it's pretty certain at this point. So you're not going to get his services for a couple years, right? And probably until 2026. So as of the immediacy, it's there's a question of, do you expand the board? Are you okay with just taking two? Do you hit the transfer portal again? So it gets a little bleak at this point. It does. I mean, I'm, not, I'm going to be fully transparent about that. I think that Notre Dame would like, in theory, to your question, get one of those guys, get Bronte Johnson, potentially get Davis Andrews as a fourth in the class, and then his scholarship obviously starts counting in 2026. I think that's the ideal situation that happens, but we will see how everything plays out here. We've got another super chat here from Zach Martin. Thank you so much for the super chat. Zach, he says, diaper money for the rye guy. More like four of them. So... (laughs) Uh, are diapers that expensive these days? Because it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Formula is, man. I, yeah. I We went to the store the other day, and it was like, I don't remember formula being this expensive two years ago, Vince. I don't remember <laughs> it being this expensive. It's wild, well, man. It's it, like, wasn't there like a shortage at some point, too? And I oh, mean, there, no, there's been all kinds of issues with formula. I, I, just, I just remember paying 20-something dollars for a thing of formula, and then I went to the store the other day, and it was like 40-something dollars. I'm like, what Whoa. the heck is happening right now, man? <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> like, I was at Target, too. It almost like I was at some like bougie place. Like, it's insane. Wow. Man, that okay, that's craziness. All right. Well, we need we need the diapers though, Zach. I appreciate that very much because my daughter eats a lot, so there's a lot of poop coming out of her right now. (laughs) Wait, which one? Which daughter? (laughs) Because the youngest man. It's fun. It's it's weird, man. I know that you probably know that. I mean, you obviously know this, but like every kid is so different, man. It's bizarre. I mean, like my my daughter, my oldest daughter, Juliet, when she was a kid, when she was a baby. She was the most finicky eater of all time. Like she would barely want any of the bottle early on. Raina is like more, more. Like she literally had like five ounces last night during the middle of the night. I'm just like, you are nuts, kid. Like I'm not supposed to let you have more than three, but like you're still hungry. So what do I do? (laughs) Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Just wait. The, 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 uh. The differences will not stop there. I can promise you that. So I believe it, man. I believe it's going to be a wild ride for you, my friend. It it definitely is. Okay, here we go. Let's uh, let's jump into this one. Newt's Rock Knee ND says, if there was an NCAA football draft this year and you had the first pick, who would you take to build your team around? Who would be your second, third, and fourth round picks? Oh, we're going deep here, man. Well, that's tough because you don't we don't know who's off the board. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, Vince, like who's the first pick? It's gotta be a quarterback, right? So yep. Caleb Williams would probably be my pick. If I had the first pick, who would your second pick be a quarterback? Oh man. I mean, it would be hard to go against Drake May. I think he's pretty stinky good. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a good one. I guess the, the better question I think would have been if you take a quarterback first round, your next couple picks, what are the positions you're most likely targeting? I think that's a little bit more of because we don't know who's off the board. Unless right. unless you just I mean, do you want to do a snake draft real quick? I mean, we can do a snake draft if you want. <laughs> I don't think I'm I don't think I'm properly equipped to do that. Uh I think you probably are, and Brian might be. Uh, but I don't know that I am. Left tackle, pass rusher, corner, wide receiver. I don't know, man. I'm just – offensive tackle, like there's some positions. But we should do this, though. It would be fun. It would be a fun conversation. It would. And I think, think, you know, offensive line is 
offense and defensive line would be like my my next couple picks because yeah. if you if you have if you don't have a good line on either side of the ball you're not going to win a whole lot of football games and I don't care who you have a quarterback right yes yeah. my signal caller is going to be first but then I'm building lines and I, I can tell you right now a quarterback can make any receiver look pretty darn good uh, so they would receiver would be pretty low on the list for me uh, but I'd be working my way front to back line and back that's that's kind of how I would do it. Kicker, second overall kicker. <laughs> kicker would be last uh, overall, but uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's see what we got here. Next question from Irish Burnt Ends 84. Is Notre Dame still trying to get Justin Scott to come on campus during the month of June for a midweek of unofficial visit? I think they would love that to happen. I just am not very sure that it is going to happen. So are they trying – Yes, I'm sure they're still trying to get him on campus. I think more than likely Justin Scott's next visit to Notre Dame is a game day visit during the fall. That's just kind of where it is, which is, again, I mean, why, why am I feeling less optimistic about Justin Scott to Notre Dame? It's because of that. I mean, a kid's an hour and a half away, and his next official visit, I mean, next visit to Notre Dame might not be into the fall. And we're in June right now. Like, that's just kind of our hesitation, obviously. So I hope they can get him on campus. I just. Not going to hold my breath for a little bit here. Well, I mean, getting him on campus, period, has to be a good thing. I mean, and yes. and I feel like, okay, the fall, all right. I mean, that's a lot closer to signing day than it is right now. And he doesn't appear to me to be in any hurry to be making a commitment. So, hey, if you can get him back on campus, I think that's that's the goal, right? Yep. Yep, that's the goal, man. You would love to get him back on campus and then – if it goes into the fall, then game day visit, fine. But, I mean, you definitely want to get him on campus. There's no doubt. Right. Absolutely. No doubt about that. All right. Brandon has a question here. Brandon says, is there any more details you can give on Paul Menke Jr. recruitments publicly publicly yet? Seemed like he, like he wasn't as sold on Notre Dame as the staff hoped he was, and they wanted him to shut it down while he wanted visits. Uh, Brandon, I can say this, and there's probably more that I'm going to put on the board about this at boards.irishbreakdown.com, so you should go there. And obviously, Brandon, I know you are, but if other people want some insight into the Paul Menke situation, basically two weekends ago, so not this past weekend, the weekend before, Paul Menke visited Notre Dame, and the visit went fantastic. Notre Dame was in a great position. And let's just say, I'll, I'll put it like this. Notre Dame was very high on Paul Menke. Paul Menke was very high on Notre Dame. I just think there were other some other things that maybe weren't quite as high on Notre Dame as what Paul Menke was. So we'll leave it there for now publicly. But if you want some more in-depth conversation about the Paul Menke situation, boardsatirishman.com. Wow, such a tease. I like I'm it. I'm sorry, man. Sorry. No, I'm still putting somebody's business out there. Yeah. I like it. I like it. You're, you're a tease. I appreciate it. All right. <laughs> Jordan's got a, a kind of a way back question here. The way back machine. Here we go. Uh, my screen just didn't load. Oh. There we go. Do you have any idea if Dwayne the Rock Johnson was a good, was good, was any good at, at Miami, University of Miami, obviously? Do you think he should have gotten drafted? Uh, so, Vince, I mean, from what I remember, because I don't actually remember it, but what I what I recall as far as like this information was that Dwayne Rock Johnson was the starter, then Warren Sapp came 
to campus. Oh. And then oh. Dwayne was a backup to Warren Sapp at that point. So I think Dwayne, the rock Johnson, who was a defensive tackle at that point, I think he was a good player. I, I just, I, I, it's from what I've heard. And this is like more from like my dad's perspective and stuff. Good player. Maybe not quite NFL player. So. Fair enough. I mean, and I, wasn't there an injury in there as well? I thought maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I thought there was an injury involved, but anyway, all right. Sounds good. We can work with that. Okay. And here's now, now, he, now he's the, uh, now he runs the XFL. So yeah. Losing money with the XFL, but confident that's going to turn around. So good for him. Yes. From DL. I don't know how to pronounce DLKALL01. Sorry. Um, have you noticed any changes <laughs> to the way Notre Dame has been recruiting quarterbacks? Seems the talent level is different than the past decade of recruiting. Differences. I, I mean, I would say this every every offensive coordinator has their own preferences on quarterbacks. I think it's more about fitting the room, right? So, yes, last two years have been very good. You got Kenny Minchie, you got CJ Carr. Can you follow that up now with another dynamic quarterback? I mean, can you get a deuce night in 2025, for instance, or do you go for maybe a little bit of a different route of more of a steady player that maybe isn't quite that guy, but is more bridge to another great quarterback in 2026. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's more talented. I would just say it's different. Like that. I mean, cause I mean, Vince, like I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe the last stretch of Brian Kelly's that you can look at that for like the Ian books, Andrew Hendrix's of the world, but definitely more talented than that. But I mean, if you're working even further back, you can say like Dane Chris was pretty dang, dang talented, right, man? Like Deshaun Kaiser was pretty dang talented. Malik Zaire was pretty dang talented. So they always had talented quarterbacks. It's just I think that the tail end of Brian Kelly maybe wasn't the best talent acquisition at quarterback. Agreed. And and I, you know way more about <laughs> this than I do, but it it felt like it felt like the QB recruiting changed when Brian Kelly left. I mean, cause I know he kind of had to put his final stamp on certain guys and, you know, things of that nature. And and I think Tommy Reese did a good job with, you know, obviously getting CJ Carr in here. That was a Tommy Reese, obviously a recruit and did a great job getting him in here and sold him on Notre Dame. And, you know, I like where the 25 recruiting is going based on what you guys yeah. tell me. And so, uh, and we actually got a question uh, about that from Archer here in a second, but it's just, yeah, I mean, I think they're taking swings at bigger fish um, these days. And I think you could really say that about recruiting across the board. I mean, Marcus Freeman's approach is that they're going to swing at these big fish, man, and they're going to, you swing it enough, you're going to land some. And it just felt like they weren't swinging at enough big fish back before in the last decade, let's say. Yes. Yes. I mean, you hear like the conversation about like Notre Dame not really pushing for Drew Aller until it was too late type of right. thing and not maybe going after the quarterbacks that they should. And like, there's a lot of those conversation pieces. So I think you're right. completely correct in that. Right, right. Okay. Well, let's follow it up with Archer's question here. It says, when do you think Notre Dame gets their 25 quarterback to commit? And who do you think it will be? I think it's, I think I, if I was a betting man, which I'm not always, I, I would say <laughs> that it's between two guys right now. I, I think that for me, I feel best about Deuce Knights, quarterback out of Mississippi, and Blake Hebert, who is a quarterback out of Massachusetts, same high school as Preston Zinter. So they just offered Hebert recently over the last, uh, I think on Sunday was when they offered him, a young man that has been offered by. Clemson, pretty much all the Midwestern powers, good football player. 
Deuce Knight, I feel I still feel like Notre Dame's in a really good spot with Deuce Knight. It's just you have to compete against the Tennessees, the Ole Misses. Like it, it's it is going to be a tough pool, but I still think that Notre Dame has put them in a good spot with Deuce. So we'll see that one through, obviously. But I think getting a guy like Hebert technic uh, as a I don't call it a backup plan, but has a guy that Notre Dame does like a lot, I think is a good thing. So those are the two guys on the board that I feel best about right now. I don't feel great about George McIntyre and like some of those guys as of right now. Things can change, obviously. I mean, we're talking about kids that just finished up their sophomore year of high school. So things can ha- change very quickly. But I right. think Knight and Hebert are the two guys I feel best about right now. Cool. When when it happens, though, I have no idea, Archer. I mean, I've, last time I talked to Deuce, which was a couple weeks ago now, before I – on my leave like he was talking about still having a decision made over the next few weeks so i mean i think that that will yeah. happen sometime this summer and hebert I, I i think is a little bit more patient with his process right now and where's hebert from again he's a massachusetts kid he went to okay. uh he went to the same high school as Princeton's inter oh okay all right there's another one from the wayback machine from jordan Said you can only have one running back return in 1993, Reggie Brooks or Jerome Bettis. Who do you take? I mean, you're, you're going to be in good shape no matter which one you get here. You know, both were obviously good at the next level as well. Bettis is a Hall of Famer. Saying, yeah. uh, yeah. I I was personally a fan more of Bettis, but just because he was just kind of that unicorn of a running back, just that big lumbering guy who could still run away from guys. He yeah. was more fun to watch for me. Uh, so as a fan, I think I would pick Jerome Bettis, but you can't go wrong either way. Man, Jerome Bettis was such a weird player to watch. And I mean, weird right? in the best possible way ever. Yes. You'd just be like, you'd be like running like midline counter or something, Vince. And then he would just pop open. And you'd be like, that dude, how's he running that fast? He's way too big to be running that and fast. And how did he fit through that hole? Like, you know, and, and his shoulder pads, he was wearing like offensive tackle shoulder pads back in the day. Those things were huge, and he's just fitting right through small holes and running away from dudes. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. I, so I would probably go with Bettis too, just because I, I again ninety three. I was only two, so I also remember <laughs> young buck. <laughs> I also remember Bettis much more vividly, especially obviously in his NFL years as well with the Rams and the Steelers. So I'll go. I'll go with Bettis in that instance as well. Very good. I like. I like your thought. Brandon has a mailbag. Is Anthony Robinson from Louisiana still a target on the board? Is he the fallback plan? Uh, Brandon, from what I'm hearing, I, I don't think so. I don't think that he's really an option for Notre Dame. I think that Notre Dame's board has gotten even smaller at this point. Does it expand at some point if things don't go your way? It's always possible, but I, I just don't think Anthony Robinson is going to be an option for Notre Dame. Make sure you guys get your mailbag questions, and we are starting to get low here on the inventory. And get low, uh, so get make low, get low. <laughs> well, there it is. You can even ask you can even ask Ryan to sing if you want. No. All right. Don't do that. Okay. All right. Uh, another mailback question from Jordan. What did you think of Brady Quinn's first two years of quarterback? He started both those years too. Yeah. He had some spot starts, but he wasn't like a four-year starter for Notre Dame, was he? Am I remembering? I, I, think, it? He's, I, I think he started the whole year as a sophomore, but I think he okay. was like a. I think he got some action as a freshman, if I remember correctly. But because I think I think sophomore year, off the top of my head, I think it was like eighteen touchdowns to ten interceptions or something. So like it wasn't terrible, but it was very, you know, it was like sort of pedestrian, you know. Because then the next two years were like thirty something touchdowns each and like domination. You know what I mean? So well, yeah. I mean, he, obviously, he, his. Uh, 
he took off when when he started playing for Charlie Weiss. I mean, it was just an yes. offense that was more conducive to him taking off. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, it's that's just the way the way it was, right? Uh, and and they they lost a lot of games. Uh, his in two thousand and three when well, let's see here. Well, he did he did play an awful lot. It appears uh, in his, in two thousand three, which would be his freshman year. Um, it, it was pretty bad production, right? Because he got thrown to the yeah. It's not great. He had, <laughs> he, had, he had three games where he had. Uh, I mean, he was negatives, obviously, in rushing. Um, I'm looking at his passing stats. They were, you know, a lot, lot of passing stats. It started with a, with a one, uh, which obviously is not great, being in the hundreds. And then obviously he took off. Um, yeah, his stats just absolutely took off his junior and senior year. Now, part of that is because. He's playing for Charlie Weiss. Part of that is because he had two years of starting under his belt. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, all of those things combined, but there's a lot more numbers that start with a three and a four, uh, his junior and senior year than there are his freshman and sophomore year, where there was there was one game where, you know, he threw for 33 yards, you know, and a couple Oof. of a lot of ones, 178, 173, 130, 118, 105. Um, some some not great games in there. And then you get to junior year. Where he's got a 440, a 467, a 432, you know, a little bit different. A um, little decent, bit different. Decent, decent player. Yeah, yeah. He, he threw for almost 12,000 yards. So, uh, pretty decent career for, for Brady Quinn. So, yeah, I mean, you got to talk about the stuff that he had around him. You have to talk about the head coach. You know, there's a lot of different factors that went into his first two years. You know, obviously, Brian could probably speak more intelligently about Brady Quinn's first couple of years at Notre Dame. But as soon as you brought in Charlie Weiss and he, they were just throwing the ball all over the yard that obviously changed things. Man. I feel like all the stars align there too. Right. I mean, it's like Jeff Samarja breakout and Maurice Stovall. And I know Raymond McKnight got hurt obviously early in on in that 2004 season, but I mean, I mean, 2005 season, excuse me, but the tight end Anthony Bassano obviously took a big step forward. Darius Walker, there was some talent to be had there. To your point, Vince, it was it was misused before yes. Charlie Weiss. It was misused. Right. Agreed. All right. I'm starring some of these uh, mailbag questions in here. The people, we asked the people and the people delivered with some mailbag <laughs> questions. So that's awesome. All right. Let me, let me get another one up here and we can get you talking here. Uh, there we go. Gideon Rosa says, are there any Ronan Hannafin types in this class? Gideon, does this mean, I know you're in the chat, so like real quick, are, are you asking guys that have position flexibility that maybe could play offense and defense? Is is that what this question is pertaining to? Because I know that was something that we talked about Ronan a lot last year was like Ronan could play wide receiver, obviously, but Notre Dame like could play safety, could play rover. So I'm, I'm interested if that's where this question's coming from, the ability to play multiple positions. I mean, if that's the question, could Carter Nelson play multiple positions? I think so. Yeah, I mean, he could play tight end. He could play wide receiver. I think he could play some defense if you needed him to. He has position flexibility. I also think that Oliver Miles could be a guy that plays a couple different positions, right? Like, he's not going to be a quarterback on the college level. But if you told me Oliver Miles ends up being a slot receiver in college level, be like, okay, makes sense. If you told me Mm -hmm. he was a safety, sure, I could see that happening as well. But I think Carter Nelson is the easiest one just because that kid is just such a – unique athletes like you just don't see six four six five guys who are seven foot high jumpers and can run the way that Carter Nelson can run so that would be my answer all right 
Next question from Tired of the Negativity. Same. You got a little panda picture. I don't know why that is, but how many are, are pandas very negative? I don't know. How many spots know. do you hold open for those committed elsewhere but want to flip to Notre Dame when they go 11 1 in playoff berth? How many spots do you. I think the guys that you leave a spot open for, in my opinion, that are on the board now are one is Caleb Beasley. He's a guy. Even though I don't think that the visit went great this weekend, I would still continue to recruit Elijah Rushing. So I would try to keep a spot open for him. And that's really about it. I mean, it it also depends to this question of like, are we assuming Notre Dame gets a commitment from Gerby Lamberts? Are we assuming, you know, there's a couple of things that still need to kind of work itself out. If we're talking about like the ideal scenario and you get Gerby Lambert, or let's say you get Carter Nelson and you get Kingston and you get, you know, one other player. Like I think it's for me of guys that I don't think are realistic to be in the class when the season starts. I think Caleb Beasley and Elijah rushing are the guys that like you keep spots open for, especially Caleb Beasley. You keep a spot open in case you are able to get him. There we go for another one from Gideon. Gideon said elite 11 thoughts is Aaron Noland overrated. I mean, Gideon, I don't have any Elite 11 thoughts yet. I'm not at the event, obviously, and I haven't really seen too much of it. Is Aaron Nolan overrated? I don't think I've seen enough of him to have like a, a legitimate understanding. I, I know he's talented. He's certainly talented. He's a big kid. He's got a strong arm. I think he's got some talent. But like, I, I'd say ask me this more closer to the season because as we get out of June with all the official visits start wrapping up a little bit more – I'll have a whole lot more of a a lot more time to watch some other guys that aren't on the board for Notre Dame. So the Aaron Nolans of the world. So that'll be one for a little bit later in the season. I know Brian has talked about he thinks Aaron Nolan's a little bit overrated, but I, I just don't have I don't have a big opinion on it at this time. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next question from Tavis McKay. If you could pick any single year during Brian Kelly's tenure for a national championship, which one would it be and why, Vince? Yeah, this is a good one. I I feel like, you know, the offense in 2015 was really good. That would have been great. Uh, If they could have gotten one there, I know 2018 comes up a lot. I think that would have been a good one. 2020, now, Grant, I'm not going to ever turn away a uh, a national championship but it would have felt i don't know just different coming in the covid year and all the crap that was going you know what i mean like i again i'm not turning it away but some of the championships that were won that year and like the nba and across it like eh, you know uh but 15 would have 15 would have been would have been i think probably my biggest one 
I think 15 is a good one because uh, things I'll say the one year that got that fooled me was 2020. I thought that year was like, yeah. man, this, this team might be a little bit different. Like they might be a little <laughs> bit different. They fooled me. They fooled me a lot in that 2020 season. But I think 2015 is a good one. I think that one is because I, I think that team was really good, man. Like it was a really good team. And they were just a couple things away from yeah. separating. Like 2018 is another good one. I think someone just put it in the chat. But I, th- I think 2015 would be the same one for me. Nice. I like it. All right. Here's one from tired of the negative. And he did say he likes pandas and that's why what he or she, I'm not sure. And then that uh, they change their name almost daily. It says so apparently just a bad day. I don't know. Tired of the negativity. Try not to be negative for you here. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> hey man, pandas are cool. Why does Anthony Johnson's name never come up when discussing Notre Dame running backs? I enjoyed watching him at Notre Dame and in the NFL. Good question. My guess is, I mean, when was he at Notre Dame? Do you know that's that off the top was, of your that's head? What I, was I know, yeah, because he was a um, he went to John Adams, I believe, in uh, in South Bend. Did he really? So, nice. so he's a local guy. Uh, let's see here. I'm not as quick at the Google the Google engine as uh, as Brian is. Let's oh, see come here. On, you don't do it during right? gym teacher. Yeah, so he he did go to he did go to Adams, so I was right about yes. that. Uh, I just want to make sure I had the right guy, obviously. And then he was at uh, he was at Notre Dame. Uh, he was drafted in 1990, so that means he was ob- obviously he was there uh, during the national championship run. So he was drafted when I was negative one. So that's yeah, my so that, I mean, I I don't remember Anthony Johnson to be perfectly honest with you running around uh, for for Notre Dame. And I know that is probably a blasphemous thing to say. And again, Brian <laughs> might be able to do a better job of this than, than me. Uh, I know he got drafted by the Colts uh, in 1990. So, I mean, he's been in Indiana for a really, really long time. I mean, obviously he was, he went to South Bend, was, uh, Notre Dame. Then he was with the Colts through 1990 to 1993. He was a second round pick. Number 30. Was he good for the Colts? Um, let's see here. I, I don't, See, Wikipedia is uh, it's 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 hurting me right now because it doesn't it's not giving me good stats. Um, he only rushed for about three thousand yards in his entire career. Okay, so sixteen a, touchdowns, three thousand yards. After he went from the Colts, he was basically year to year with a bunch of different teams. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know why he's not brought up more. He just kind of gets overshadowed. I guess would be the best way to put it. I don't know if anybody else has a chat has an idea in the chat as to why that would be and i'm not seeing anything in here so all right they're too they're too busy talking about quarterbacks and i see that and you know that's okay that's okay all right let's go on to something else here next question is from jason smith what's up jason is there a scenario where they take do take jason robinson jason robinson is the wide receiver out of long beach poly for people that don't know in the 2024 class or has that door been closed and sealed Jason, I, I think that's probably done at this point. I, I do. I, I think that there was a conversation of fourth wide receiver compared to investing another spot in a different position. I think offensively, they're looking really – they have an offensive line spot open. They have a tight end spot potentially open for Corey Nelson. If Corey Nelson wants to come, it's pretty much it at this point. So I, I think that the window for Jason being in the class is just – kind of moved past at as of right now. So 
things could change. We'll see what happens, but I, I don't see him in the class for Notre Dame as of right now. Here we it's go. Because so I liked Jason Robinson a lot, but that's where we yeah, are. They don't ask our opinion very often, so. They don't. <laughs> Archer, 452. What's up, Archer? CBS Sports released their best running back rooms for 2023. University of Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Georgia, Oregon, with honorable mention for Arkansas, Clemson, Florida, Florida State, Ole Miss, and Wisconsin. Where would you put Notre Dame? Man, that – okay. There, I mean, it's it's a two-prong answer, right? I think this would have yeah. been – this would – you know, if we were asking before Logan Diggs transferred, I think they belong in that first group. After he transferred and with some of the injury question marks, I think they I think you could make a case that they're they belong in the honorable mention category. But yeah. there are a lot of question marks right now with I mean if everybody's healthy, they can compete with that first group if everybody's yes. healthy. But that's that's still a question mark. So you can't I don't know, I can't really say definitively that they belong in that first group because I just don't know about the health of everybody. I think they would have been a top five group if Logan Diggs was still on the roster. To your Absolutely. point, I, I think that you could. I would still argue top ten as of right now because I think Aldrich Estime is drastically underrated and from a national perspective as of now. But do the media, the outside media's to to their veil. I mean to to defend them a little bit. You don't know a hundred percent what's. Jabron Payne is. You don't know what Jadarian Price is. You don't know what Jeremiah Love is. You've never seen them on the field, really, for Notre Dame. I mean, what did Jabron Payne had two carries for five yards last season? So, like, you just you haven't seen it. So, I care more about Archer, and and I know this is going to get your question a little bit. I care more about where does Notre Dame's running back room rank when the end of the season happens than sure. where we are right now. That's much more important to me because there's just too much unknown variable. So I would still try to argue with them being in the top 10, but I understand why they aren't just because like Michigan, it's proven production. You know who Blake Corum is. You know who Donovan Edwards is. Penn State, you know who Nicholas Singleton is. You know who Katron Allen is. Georgia, Georgia actually is a little bit of a different one because there's some question marks there. Daywan Edwards, I know, is a good player. Roger Robinson, but like there's some question marks. Bucky Irving for Oregon. You know who that guy is. Raheem Sanders from Arkansas. You know who he is. Will Shipley for Clemson. You know who he is. Florida State is Trey Benson. You know who they are. Like Ole Miss has Quinshawn Junkins. Like there's just more known commodities on that list. Notre Dame doesn't have as much known right now. So I think end of this season, though, I think Notre Dame will be firmly in that conversation. All right. That was a good question. I like that one. We got a super chat here from Nathan. Thank you very much for the super chat. Who wins at the combine? Jalen or Micah? Jalen or Micah? Who's Jalen? Jalen. Are we talking Micah Gilberts? Quick, Nathan. Nathan, give me last names on this. Give me last names on this, man. There's a lot of Jalen's and Micah's out there, man. I got (laughs) to tell you. I was really hoping you would know who he was referring to. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, yeah. If I, I, if I would have saw the question sooner, I would have asked him. But real quick, Nathan, Parsons. Oh, Micah Parsons. Oh, or Jalen Smith. That's the question. We had, we had a conversation about, like, who was uh, there. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I did know that, and uh, apparently you gave the wrong answer before, so – I mean, I didn't. I didn't. So some people didn't agree because I'm in a Notre Dame <laughs> chat, and I get it. But uh, who wins at the combine, Jalen or Micah? I, 
Vince, so funny enough, neither one of those players has ever competed at the Combine because Michael Parsons also came out in the COVID year. So there was no Combine that year. But Michael Parsons did go to the Pro Day and ran 438 at 240 pounds. So, like, <laughs> it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. I don't know what Jalen probably- Smith ran, but he was a he could pick him up and put him down too. I, I, I get it, man. Hey, both those guys would have tested fantastically. I'd probably take Micah just because I know what his 40 time was. I actually Fair have enough. a 40 time on him. I have no idea what Jalen Smith would have ran. I mean, was he a 4-4 flat? Was he a 4-4-5? Was he a 4-5 flat? I mean, they're all good times, right? I mean, So I, I'll take Micah. I'll take Micah. Fair enough. You're wrong, but that's fair. Oh, man. I, oh, I can't <laughs> talk Micah Parsons in this chat, man. I can't no, do it. Barely not. Fighting Mike 87. Why hasn't Notre Dame been able to turn Kyle Hamilton's production and draft project position into the next big time safety recruit? Is the way his final season played out a major factor? I, I don't know the answer to this question. I, I don't. I mean, I think that there is some uncertainty about I, I think part of it is Chris O'Leary is still a young guy, still unproven as far as like how great of a coach he is. Like, I still think he's a, I think he's a good coach, but like, is he a next level coach? Is he a phenomenal safety coach? Like there's a lot of question marks there. Right. So I think that it's just, there are other questions that you have to have answered in order for this to, to really create a pipeline. So in theory, Kyle Hamilton being the 14th overall selection and playing really well as a freshman, as a rookie, excuse me, for the Baltimore Ravens should have been a big boost to the safety group or safety recruiting. It wasn't. So that tells me there's other factors that are working against it. My most conceivable one is that you're still dealing with a young, still pretty inexperienced coach that doesn't have a proven track record. I think that's what it is right now. That's fair. Now, now other people were saying you go, you give O'Leary one more season, and if he doesn't produce in the recruiting trail, you get rid of him. I, I, man, it's such a it's such a fine line, Vince, for me personally. And I, I don't know what you think about this, but like, you're a college coach, so you have to recruit, right? Like sure, you have to recruit. And I don't think it's a lack of effort on Chris O'Leary's part. I just think that he's had some misses. Like I just think that's where you are, right? So yes, at some point he needs to recruit better. There's no doubt, but he's still a good coach, man. So like, just such a fine line. Like yes, mm-hmm. I, but I, I, I think the point does stand of like, you need to start getting results, or else there needs to be some type of, some type of answer. And I'm not saying sure. firing is the answer, but like there needs to be something that is an answer. Because he's getting guys, but they're not sticking either. I mean, that that's the other thing, right? I mean, so it's going to yep. be interesting to see how his the rest of his career plays out at Notre Dame, however long that is. All right. Here's a interesting one. Some of these questions are really funny, man. Uh, number one in defense says, who would you rather have playing safety this year, Peyton Bowen or Xavier Nwankpa? Um, I, <laughs> If you're asking me who do I think is a better player, in a vacuum, like who's more talented, I would go with Peyton Bowen, but, and I'll be fully honest about this, full transparency, full transparency on this one. And I know people were talking about this in the chat. If Peyton Bowen wanted to come back to Notre Dame, I personally would not take him back. Just me, just me. So the question, Xavier Nwankwo would be my answer. I That branch is burned for me with Peyton Bowen. I'm not saying it is for Notre Dame. If anything ever happened in that situation, I'm not saying that everyone has to agree with me. I'm not saying that at all. For me personally, I don't think I can trust that kid. Just don't think yeah, I can trust him. So Xavier Nwakpo would be my answer. Fair enough. And I I mean, I don't know how good I feel about starting a true freshman at safety anyway. So that's, sure. that's a whole other ball of wax. So 
You don't like your last line of defense being a freshman? No, um, I really don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. I mean, it, the way they did it with Kyle Hamilton, though, made a lot of sense. He was like the third, you know, he was the third safety. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they would bring him in, they would have three safeties, or he would sub in, sub, you know, that kind of a thing. It was great. He didn't have to think yes. a whole lot. He just got to play. And I think and he, that and he led the team in interceptions that year. Playing right. That role because he was wild. just playing. He was just playing center field, just doing his thing. He had two really good safeties around him to kind of absorb that. That would not be the case in, in like right now. Right. So yeah. I would be very nervous about that. If I'm being honest. I, I agree, man. I definitely agree. I, I, we had a next one from Berkshire Yank who says, why isn't Notre Dame pushing for Eli Bowen? Joking. How's it going with the with the Saka kid? Haven't heard about him in a while. Uh, great question. Anthony Saka is, of course, the linebacker safety hybrid out of the, uh, out of Philadelphia. He's a very talented player near me. So he visited once this offseason already. Had a really nice visit for the Blue Gold game. And so basically the backstory with him is that his father, Vince, I don't know if you remember, is um, I think Tony Saka is his father who played at Penn State. So his father okay. played with Al Golden at Penn State. So there's an instant connection there. I feel like Notre Dame is in a solid position. I just don't think that Anthony Saka is in like a big rush, right? Like I don't think it is. So solid position early on. They have the relationship already prior. So I think they're in a solid spot. Sorry, I just got a – I'm getting like multiple scam likely calls at once, which is just pretty hysterical. I just, <laughs> how, many, how many calls are possibly scam likely verified? But, yeah. Uh, who would you rather add to the roster in time for the 2023 season, Jalen Smith or Stefan Tuitz? It's tough one. Man, that, I mean, a healthy Jalen Smith pre-injury, I would take him all day long and twice on Sunday. Like, I, that's who I would want, period. Stefan too, it's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, he would obviously solidify your defensive line, but I would take Jalen Smith. Man, uh, I, w- I wish, I wish I had a little bit of more like a developed understanding of like how good Riley Mills is this year, right? Like sure. I wish because that would like ease my mind because Riley Mills and Stefan Tuitt, in my opinion, would play similar roles in a four-man front for Notre Dame, unless I'm talking about just putting Stefan Tuitt as a strong side defensive end. I mean. Man, I don't think linebacker talent is a is a problem though. I mean, like, yeah, there's nobody that's Jalen Smith in that group, but like, sure. I don't think it's a problem as much. I'd probably go Stefan to it because I think that, that could potentially help both big ends and your interior defensive line. So, like, give me Stefan, I guess, but I don't think there's a wrong answer there. Okay, all right. Gideon is testing your knowledge on all of college football. Um <laughs> You need wide receiver one for your team, and you can pick from anyone in the 2022, 2023, and 2024 national classes. Who are you taking? Okay, so 2023, obviously, this past year was the Jaden Greathouse year. We're talking about Brandon Ennis. You're talking about Cornell Tate, that type of group. Noah Rogers, obviously another good one that ended up at Ohio State as well. 2024, we're talking about the Ryan Wingos, the Michael Hudsons, the Jeremiah Smiths. 2022, because I didn't cover the 2022 class. I'm trying to remember back. So that would be the Tobias Merriweather class, right, Vince? Right. That would be Tobias Merriweather in that group. I don't know who the best wide receiver in that class was, though. Who was the best receiver in that class? I can't think right now. I'm about to look it up real quick. As I continue to stall, 
by not actually saying anything. This is a great podcast lesson for you all out there, by the way. <laughs> if you are trying to stall and you're you're just talking out loud, just talk a little bit slower and make sure that you finally get to the 247 page so that you can look at who the top receivers were in the 2022 class. And here we are, Tobias Merriweather on 247, by the way, was ranked as the 14th wide receiver in the class. That was Evan Stewart. That was Luther Burton. That was Chris Marshall. McMillan, that was Arizona. Okay, nobody in that class that I would pick. Um, so it actually come down for me <laughs> after doing some great research there. Some absolute fantastic <laughs> research. I would come down between Brandon Innes, Jeremiah Smith, and Michael Hudson. I'd probably go Brandon Innes. I was a big Brandon Innes guy, but I'm also massive Micah Hudson fan. I love Micah out of the state of Texas in 2024. So between Micah Hudson and Brandon Innes for me personally. Do you, do you have a pick? I do not. I don't <laughs> do not follow it as closely as Tobias you do. I know who, is, the, is the answer. Yeah, I know who Notre Dame, Dame got. I like who Notre Dame got, and uh, I'm happy with that particular group of wide receivers. So, uh, but I'm sure that there's better guys out there. So, yeah, there's no doubt about that. So, yeah. oh man, Brandon, this was good, man. Was really sounds good. sounds like Gideon agrees with you, by the way. So yes. there you go. Sure well, I, I, I could just look in the chat. People were giving me stuff. I, I didn't have to look it up and do my stall tactics, but there we go. It's okay. And I like how you explained your stall tactic as you were doing it. That was, uh, <laughs> that's like podcasting 101. I'm sure, I'm sure Brian's going to love that tactic as well. Number uh-huh. one Notre Dame fan said, would Notre Dame's men's basketball program improving have any effects on football recruiting? Look, I okay, so I'm going to let you answer this one second because I'm just going to give my outward you you're, you're obviously way more into recruiting than I am. Yeah. I can't imagine you've ever talked to a recruit and they're like, "Yeah, man, I'm going to be going to Notre Dame because I love their basketball program." Like I just don't I, see I've, that I've, being a thing. I've actually heard more pro, more recruits talk about lacrosse than basketball. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Like, wow. no, you're not wrong. You're not. There wrong. you go. There you go. Yeah, I don't think one has anything to do with the other. I, honestly, maybe the other way around. Maybe some basketball guys get Notre Dame on their radar because of the football team, and then they start looking at the basketball program. I just don't see that being a thing, personally. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a huge bump either. But okay. I mean, I guess it makes it more appealing. I don't know. I don't think it bumps that much. But here's the other thing: the men's basketball team—they're not good yet. But- so well, I, I think we're saying a reality where it's getting better, right? I mean, Maybe theory. They have a big season under Shrewsbury. Theory, it's know. getting better. They don't even have all their their scholarships accounted for. So, like, they still have three open scholarships. Ryan, they Do have they really? ten. They have literally have ten guys in jerseys. They can play five on five at practice as long as nobody twists an ankle. Like, <laughs> that's where they're at in basketball. So, I don't know that that's a huge recruiting bump for football right now. Maybe in a few years. I like Micah Shrewsbury. Maybe in a few. And speaking of Micah Shrewsbury, by the way, everyone, he's going to be on uh, IB Nation Sports Talk here, I believe, next Thursday. So nice. put that in the back of your head. It's going to be a good interview with Sean Stiers. So, Sounds like it. That's awesome. That's right. And he just had Neil Ivey on last week. So he's just he's working, his, working his way through, people. Working his way through. So, all right. This is an interesting one from Tavis McKay. Tavis said, do you think Notre Dame's quarterback trajectory would have been different if Brady Quinn won the Heisman? (sighs) Would have been different. I mean, 
your next era was Jimmy Clausen. Yeah. Right? Like he, the number the one number recruit one, in the country. The, yeah. Number one recruit in the country. So it's not like he struggled to recruit the quarterback position. I mean, so my, my immediate answer is no, not really. I mean, <laughs> you got the top guy on your board and that part laid into Jimmy, you know, being good. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I, th- I think what, what the next question would have been Tavis for me, it may be a little bit more of a deeper thought would have been, if the Charlie Weiss era was real and it wasn't just mm-hmm. a farce your first two years there, and if it was sustainable and it was developed developed properly, would that have turned the long would that have changed the long-term quarterback? I don't think it's Brady Quinn. I think it's more about you got Jimmy and you saw that like the program wasn't great. <laughs> like the program was, wasn't good at that point. And like what what quarterback wants to come and play for a six and six football team? Like, right. I don't think there's that many, right? So despite that, you're still able to get guys like Dean Christ and like th- those guys in like that next era. But like you parlayed Brady Quinn into getting the number one quarterback recruit. So, yeah. Agreed. There we go. Number one Notre Dame fan who has a lot of questions today. I love it. Well, who would your ideal playoff opponent be for Notre Dame's first home playoff game when we go to 12 teams? That's easy for me. That's anybody south of the Mason-Dixon line. That, that I don't care who it is. Like somebody who doesn't want to play in Northern Indiana in December. That that's what I want. That's, that's what that's I want. How about, look, Bayou, you, how about those you, Bayou Bengals, baby? Would to get them up well, there? <laughs> that means they're like they're ranked like eleventh or twelfth, right? If Notre Dame is hosting, they're like fifth or sixth. Am mm-hmm. I right about? Am I doing the math right? So they're five through eight, which is where yeah. they would have to be ranked to host, and then they would be hosting nine to twelve. So. Whoever that nine through twelve team, you're probably talking the potential. So like if you're the five seed, you're probably talking about a group of five team, right? So like a two lane, you know that kind of a thing. Uh, I, I would just want a southern team just to see them cower when they come up here. That that's all. That's all I would want. I, I just don't think you're going to get a big name opponent in that first round. It's going to be the the further or on rounds, like a rematch I mean? with like USC or something like right. that. Like come in. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Be interesting. Be interesting. LSU is a team I want to beat. Michigan's a team I want to beat from Notre Dame. Like that's, that's just me. But I, I think that's a great point. Vince is to see, you know, if you have home field advantage, what better Use way it. to have it than to play yes. Southern team. Absolutely. I want a Southern team. I want them all to come out. Like with those masks on, you know, you can only see their face, you know, their eyeballs, and they're all covered up. And like Notre Dame's out there with no sleeves on. Like that's that's what I want. That's what I want. Yeah. All right, a few more here. We got a few more. We'll get to before we uh, before we sign off here from Jason Rose. Jason said, "Hey guys, what's the deal with 2025 linebacker Noah McHale? Uh, uh, the deal is is that Notre Dame likes him, and he has been on campus uh, like." Was it last month or month before? I think I think it was last month. So uh, I think you're trending in a good direction. There's some really talented linebackers in California in 2025. I mean, Noah McHale is obviously a big one. Madden Foremo, who's a guy that just visited Notre Dame as well recently. So Noah McHale is high on the board, and they will continue to recruit him hard, Jason. All right. He's a 25 kid, so he's just now going into his junior year. So he's yes. got some time there. What's the deal with him, man? Is he ever going to do anything? Or <laughs> <laughs> What's his deal? What's his deal? All right. Uh, here we go from Adam. 
Adam says, if Benjamin Morrison was a, has a huge drop-off of numbers-wise, is it because he doesn't get the opportunities, or is it a sophomore slump? Depends, right? I mean, it depends on what – you know, it could be there's start, people are trying to pick on uh, Hart a little bit more. Some uh, people are trying to pick on the safeties or yeah, – People aren't going to direct like the game plan isn't going to be we're going to throw it 20 like that is not going to be the game plan. Right. Even though that was the game plan last year for a lot of teams because, oh, it's a true freshman. We're going to go at him. Oh, six interceptions later. Probably not a great idea. So could he have a drop off statistically? Absolutely. That doesn't mean he had a sophomore slump now. Right. Could he have a sophomore slump? Absolutely. I mean, it's possible. It's a definite possibility. Uh, but you can't just look at the stats. You got to look at a lot of other things. You know, there would be stats that would back up a sophomore slump, like completed passes, touchdowns given up, you know, all of those different things. I think the stats would actually back up a slump more than the lack of stats, you know, compared to last year. But again, you got to watch the games to kind of make that decision. I would say. I think that the more reasonable outcome is that, Benjamin Morrison continues to play really good football, but his stats aren't as eye-popping because, to Vince's point, everybody knows who Benjamin Morrison is now. I mean, he had six interceptions as a true freshman, so you avoid him. You go after other aspects of the defense, other players on the defense, and maybe his interception total isn't quite as high. Maybe he doesn't have as many pass breaks ups, right? Like, I think that that's kind of where you look at with a guy. I I don't think that Benjamin Morrison is just going to fall off the table and have a sophomore slump. I personally don't. But could his numbers be less appealing because nobody wants to throw at him? Very possible. Very right. possible that that happens. And that's actually good for the defense, though. It's very Absolutely. Good for that happens. Yep. Completely agree with that. Here we go. Adam Another Shipley. one from Adam. Go ahead. Sorry. Adam Shipley on Pat McAfee. Pat Cavanaugh mentioned possibly walking on this year as a safety. Any thoughts? Well, first of all, he doesn't have a hamstring. So that's going to be, it's going to slow him down. <laughs> I might put that something. <laughs> it might slow down. I mean, they literally had to make a hamstring out of like rubber bands and duct tape uh, for him to compete in the national championship game, which is unbelievable, first of all. And the fact that he played the way he did with an outside hamstring attached to his leg, like ridiculous, right? I I would be shocked if he was healthy enough. I mean, if we're being realistic, I would be shocked if he was healthy enough to walk onto the football team. Now, if he was 100% healthy, let's let's take it from there. If he's 100% healthy, exactly what do you have to lose by having him walk on the football team? <laughs> Zero. I mean, yeah. I, well, has he ever he has never from what I understand he's never played football before, uh which might make it a little bit more complicated. Now, <laughs> yes. Could I make him a gunner on like the punt team or something like that? And just have him just go crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be a lot of fun. It would be some coaching up, obviously, that would have to be done. You can't just throw a guy who's never played the game of football in at safety and just like, all right, he did great in lacrosse. He's going to be a great safety. Like, I don't see that being the case. Uh, But I'd bring him on the team. What the heck, man? Like, he obviously plays really, really hard. He's a good leader. All of those things. Bring him on the team. See if he can help you on special teams. That's the way I would do it. The hamstring thing does sound a little counterproductive, though. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny, man. That's really I mean, funny. do you think somebody could just walk onto a Division One top ten football team and just play with safety? no experience? With no nah. experience, like I, nah. 
That's nah. just not realistic, man. It's not. It's not. I mean, if you give them like one role, maybe like to your right. point, like if you're just a gunner, if you're just this, if you just blitz from this spot every single snap, then maybe. But yeah, not without prior experience. That would be, That'd be really pretty hard. crazy. That'd pretty be crazy. Really. And, and it, honestly, unfair to him, yes. to be honest. Like you can't put that kind of pressure on him. That's that's not OK. That's not OK. But again. He wanted to walk on. I mean, he was being recruited by uh, the ASAF kid who is a walk on at Notre Dame. Yep. He doesn't play either on the football. Is that Sam? Yeah. He doesn't doesn't play either. So, I mean, they could walk on and hang out together, I suppose. But, like, it's just not realistic is all. (laughs) So, whatever. Yeah. All right. But to your point, so anyway, it's, a, it's a low, it's a low risk thing for a guy that is a walk on. So yes, and honestly, it's also a high risk thing for the kid. Like, what if he accidentally gets hurt in practice, and now all of a sudden his lacrosse career is jeopardized? I mean, he's at least got one more year at Notre Dame for lacrosse. So I don't know that. I don't know. I, I just it's a lot of risk with not a lot of reward attached to it. I think, but. You know, it's a cool very story. talented lacrosse player. So yes, he is. Just keep playing lacrosse. <laughs> There's no doubt. He's a very talented lacrosse player. Those brothers are crazy, man. I don't yes. even pay attention to it, but I saw them at the end of the season. I'm like, oh man, those guys are good, man. Yes. <laughs> very good. Absolutely. All right. Well, Ryan, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast mailbag. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that uh, the, the the like button. Make sure you share with your family and friends. Hit that notification bell because you just never know. I've got to get going. You got to get going. My kid's getting his driver's license today, so nice. I'm a little lighter in the wallet here all of a sudden. I got off the phone with the uh, the insurance company right before the show, so I was a little short of breath after figuring out how much that's going to cost, even with the good student <laughs> discount. Uh, he's like, oh, it's not going to be It's not gonna be that bad. No big deal. And then he told me the amount, and I'm like, that's a big deal. Like, that's a lot – that's a big deal. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but anyway, so I get to go celebrate with him having his driver's license. The best part is I don't have to drive him to practice. So that's a big bonus, except Always he's taking positives. my car. So all those positives. I know, right? <laughs> so, all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us uh, on this edition of the Ivy. Uh, it's not Ivy Nation Sports Talk. That's later tonight, 6 o'clock. Make sure you join in uh, for that. And then Brian is going to have his show tomorrow um his wednesday rundown his solo show that he's gonna do so make sure you tune into that at one o'clock and then ib nation sports talk at six tonight um i think he's got a guest i'm not 100 sure you'll have to tune in to find out so for ryan i'm vince and we'll talk to you next time on the irish breakdown podcast
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.